The Seattle Seahawks get their man. Mike McDonald is the new head coach for Seattle. A great move up in the Northwest. We're going to break it down on today's edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Let's roll. Baby. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tyler Rowland, local expert for the Locked On Titans Podcast, here with my other co-host, Alex Clancy, local expert for the Locked On Cardinals Podcast. We got a ton of NFL news to go over. The Seattle Seahawks get their man and Mike McDonald as the head coach. We have a disaster going on in the nation's capital with the commanders (laughs) and our coordinators going to start staying home more often. We're going to talk about all of that on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Before we do, thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Throw a thumbs up on the video if you're watching, and let us know down below how you feel about the two Moves that we've seen, well, one move and one move that didn't happen. The hire of Mike McDonald in Seattle and then the open spot in Washington. But Alex, diving right in here. Mike McDonald goes from being a defensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, going to defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Has a very good showing, if I'm honest, based on what we saw in that AFC championship game. And now we'll get the opportunity to get the head job in Seattle. He is the youngest Head coach in the NFL now at 36 years old, replacing Pete Carroll, who was the oldest head coach in the NFL. So an interesting decision there for Seattle. I personally really like the move. I think that Mike McDonald is a great hire for where the Seahawks are at. What are your thoughts as someone who has to go against the Seattle Seahawks in your division every year? I think it's a perfect infusion of youth, vibrance, and his history where he's coached Georgia, Baltimore. Michigan. He's not a first-time defensive coordinator. Sure, he's D, he right. was D.C. in Michigan. One year of actual D.C. work in Baltimore. He's been linebackers coach. And a great year. He's been <laughs> defensive assistant. He's done everything. Right. And he's been at every stop with some of the most dominant defenses we've seen in the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been a part of any Ravens Super Bowls. I think he got there after their last one, the right. year after their last one. But let me tell you this. Everything that Pete Carroll continue to try to be chewing gum, running like an idiot on the sidelines is what Mike McDonald's going to be able to do without icing his knees afterwards. Like this is a perfect, as I mentioned, infusion of youth and real like smash mouth defensive minded guy to be able to maximize their defense. I cannot wait to see what they do in free agency and in the draft on the defensive side of the ball because offense is set and forget. So let's go get your boys. Go get your free agents. I don't know if anybody from Baltimore is going to go over there. I don't know if they're going to blow it up in Baltimore after they just paid Lamar Jackson, but it's going to be interesting with Seattle. No, I think you're 100% right, and that's why I think it's such a good fit because in Seattle, you do have a lot of offensive pieces. If you can get just a good offensive play caller in there under Mike McDonald, some people are thinking maybe a Mike Kafka from the New York Giants can make some sense there, but they have Geno Smith. They have three good wide receivers in Metcalf and Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba. They were a little injured on the offensive line last year, but Abe Lucas, and then on the left side, tell me who it is. Oh my God. I'm dying. We'll get to that, but... Kenny Walker and Zach Charbonnet, great running back. So they have so much talent 
there in Seattle on the offensive side of the ball. It's the defense that needed to step up for Seattle. That's where they need it. Okay, yeah, I was going to lose my mind. Charles Cross. Charles yeah. Cross and Abraham Lucas, uh, Evan Brown at center. They have a lot of great pieces on the offensive side of the ball. So now you get a guy who can elevate that defense, who's one of the best schematic defensive coaches in the entire NFL. There are a few things I want to point out here as well. You talk about winning your division. Well, you got Kyle Shanahan and you got Sean McVay. Who has shown that they have a specialty of shutting down the Sean McVay-Kyle Shanahan offense? It's Mike McDonald. He has had a ton of success success against guys who run that offense. And you want to talk about winning a Super Bowl. Who do you got to beat? Looks like, as you always say, Alex, it's Patrick Mahomes until it isn't. And who just held Patrick Mahomes to zero points in the second half? It wasn't the Ravens' defense that lost the Ravens that game. It was Lamar right. Jackson choking and the offense making mistakes. So, and including Todd Monken, we got to give him his blame for the play calling. Right. So you look at the best offensive minds and the best offensive teams in the NFL, who has proven that they are uniquely suited to have a game plan to stop that. And it's Mike McDonald. He went 4-0 and last year against the NFC West. So I, I think this is a great fit, not only because McDonald is a young and gifted schematic guy on defense, but the Seattle Seahawks situation, needing some better help on defense with good pieces on offense, and the guys he's going to have to go against to win for Seattle, I, I think it's a slam dunk. Are you surprised he got a Matt Rule contract? I mean, he got six years instead of seven, but are you surprised he got that big? Of, are you surprised these guys are getting this big of deals? I, I, I think so. I got to be honest. As, as a team that just hired a new head coach and Brian Callahan, he got a five-year deal from the Titans. We saw Dave Canales get a six-year deal from the yeah. Panthers, which I'm sure his agent wanted that security with how crazy David Tepper has been in yeah, recent sure. years. But yeah, I, I do find it, I don't want to say off-putting, but I guess a little surprising that we're seeing these coaches get such long deals. Um, but I mean, when you're Seattle, you're a team that's had a ton of stability and you don't want to... You don't want to make it look like you're going to be unstable going forward. So I think it was smart for Seattle to invest in Mike McDonald. That defense, it may need more than just one season to turn around with the personnel that they need on that side of the ball. But overall, I, I think it was a smart move from Seattle, whether the contract is four years, five years, six years, whatever it happens to be, obviously, like you're saying, six years. I still think it's the right move for Seattle long term. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're, you know, they're like Pittsburgh and they're like Baltimore, you know, stability. Like they're, yes. the, John Schneider went from one of the worst drafting GMs to a guy who's one like, you win Super Bowls. And then he's kind of like John Lynch, where it's like, there are these outliers of just idiocy right. from that position. And then they, they totally redeem themselves, you know, 10 times over. And, and, you know, they solidify their job more than, more than it was before. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a thing. Now there's just a question mark. Is the quarterback the guy? What do they do on the defense? Because the offense is set and forget. I don't know what it's going to check out. You know, Corbin Smith, I'm sure he's going insane. Yeah. Um, Corbin Smith Seahawks. Seahawks. But, yeah, listen, it's something that we're starting. So, like, we saw this with quarterbacks a couple years ago. It's like, okay, who's next? You know, and quarterback position is difficult. Okay, so it's like I think that we, for quarterbacks – are now slowly starting to pull back on anointing too quickly. Okay. Because you've got, you know, Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurts, who's kind of taking a step back and mm -hmm. Joe Burrow. And it's not taking a step back. It just, you just don't win. It's hard to win in the right. NFL. Justin Herbert has never left the airport, you know? And then you've got guys like Patrick Holmes who are just world beaters all, all around. And you have Mr. Relevant getting to a Super Bowl with coaches. Belichick is going to be gone, at least for this year, unless Washington somehow calls him. He's like, hey, you're the only guy on the list. I don't see how that's a good fit. You can't and go hire Adam Peters. 
anyone. That's the best GM candidate in the NFL. And then go get a coach like Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel that wants total roster control. It just doesn't right. make sense. Right, right. But so who's going to be the next wave of coaches? And we're starting to see last couple of years, you know, Matt LaFleur and um, and Zach Taylor and guys like that, where it's like, we didn't really know. Um, and then now we kind of do. This is going to be the next yeah. crop of guys where it's like, who's going to make it? Who's going to get fired after two years? And well, I think that the Seahawks have set themselves up at least on paper passes the eye test, you know, with flying colors. And this is going to be a great guy to lead the defense of the team in the future. Well, you're knocking on a door that we're going to walk through here yeah. very soon, talking about some of these coordinators like Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson, who turned down head coaching opportunities. And one of the teams that got turned down by both those guys is the Washington Commanders. What was seen as the best, as the best head coach opening, they are in panic mode in Washington. We're going to talk about the disaster there. One last note on the Seahawks. They have the 16th pick. If they are a little weary about Geno, J.J. McCarthy from yeah. Michigan, obviously Mike McDonald is going to know him very well and get some good intel oh, there. So that's a pairing yeah. that we might need to watch at 16. But we got to talk about this disaster in D.C. here in just a moment. Before we do that, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move that I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board, okay? LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is so easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats they might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Look, DoorDash always delivers. Okay, I mean that literally and figuratively, it doesn't matter what you need, whether you're just looking for a good meal, you want some groceries, you want some retail items, you can find it all on DoorDash. I'm a big DoorDash guy. I'm a big supporter of DoorDash. Just got some groceries delivered a couple of days ago from DoorDash. It was very important. I was trying to make dinner. I was missing a couple items, and DoorDash came in clutch. They're going to come in in the clutch for you as well, especially with a big game coming up, tap time, pregame snacks, all that. You're going to need some DoorDash, okay? So make sure that you go to DoorDash, download the app right now. You're going to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you got to do is, again, download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter that code LOCKED23. 23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget, use LOCK23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download DoorDash. 
Football fans, let's continue a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Also want to let you guys know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On. Plus, you get all our national shows like Locked On NFL covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Be a part of history. Alex. We're talking about head coaching hire in Seattle. Well, the only remaining open spot is the Washington Commanders. And to me, this is an utter and total surprise that Washington is the last team that's going to hire a head coach. And what I have to say, I got to be honest with you. I'm just going to come out of the gate here. This is an absolute disaster for the Washington Commanders. We were told by numerous people, and I got to say, I agreed. This was the number one opening. I mean, maybe you could talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. You get Justin uh, Justin Herbert. They got talent all over the roster. You get an owner that's willing to kind of give you control of everything as a head coach. But in Washington, you hire Adam Peters, who was the number two guy in San Francisco and widely considered as the best non-GM executive in the NFL. You have $84 million in cap space. You have a brand new owner with, you know, Snyder being out of there. And you got Josh Harris in there now, an owner who's probably going to let you do things you want to do. The roster is a bit of a blank canvas, if we're honest. They st- While that being the truth, they still have good wide receivers. Dotson, Terry McLaurin. They have talent on defense with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, y- you know, Cam Curl. Like, they have talent, but also are a moldable chess piece. They have cap money. They have a great executive that they've hired now. They have a new owner that's willing to spend. It's a historic franchise. Like, that is a great opportunity for any head coach. The fact that Ben Johnson turned them down. The fact that Bobby Slowick went back to Houston. The fact that they didn't get Mike McDonald. Again, guys like Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel who want total control of everything, they don't make any sense when you just hired Adam Peters. So, for me, you're looking at Washington. They're probably going to end up with, like, Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn, some of these older defensive coaches. I think this is just an absolute disaster for the Washington Commanders. And to go from what looked like the best coaching opportunity in this hiring cycle to getting the worst candidates and getting the C-level candidates, I mean, I don't know how you could say it any other way than a complete disaster in D.C. How do you, re- I mean, can you just, can you tell me again how you feel? <laughs> um, so Sorry, it's just so crazy to me. This I'm shocked. blows my mind. How does a Carolina Panthers job get filled first? With I mean, no path, no path. Yeah. And listen, the the commander's roster is flawed. The offensive line is the worst in football. Statistically, they gave the most sacks last year. Uh, Sam Howell played fine when he had time. Okay, I take him over Bryce Young in twenty twenty four. Okay. I didn't even say that. They got the number two pick too. They yeah, they have the number two pick. One besides Caleb yeah. Williams, like it's insane. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if this is just Daniel Snyder's gone. It doesn't. It, it's not. A disaster in the fact that they flubbed this. I mean, they have because they haven't hired anybody, but right, it doesn't make rational sense, which right. is something that makes me think, like, is there something else? Is Eric yes. Bienemy in line to get this? Yes. Like Eric Bienemy's there. And they still Eric Bienemy must be such not a nice person to work with or work for. The fact that he hasn't actually gotten a job, like yeah. and at some and point you gotta ask the questions, him. you know. People want to say this and that, but we've already heard. 
Eric Bieniemy a little harsh on the players, not necessarily a players coach. And all the players could say great things about Eric Bieniemy after he leaves Kansas City. Like people look at the Kansas City players, but he wasn't their head coach. And he right. had, in my opinion, it's a mom and dad thing. You got, you know, Eric Bieniemy as a proverbial dad who's the strong iron fist, but you always have Andy Reid who's actually in charge who can be that kind of that barrier, that soft touch that you need to go with Eric Bieniemy. When he first started this year in Washington, Ron Rivera had to come out and explain why certain players were maybe not having a great time and how Vietnamese is just a tough coach with tough love, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think the lack of interviews that he's gotten, along with some of these little public comments, people say that he maybe doesn't interview very well, things like that. It does leave you to question, like, what is going on here with him? But also, what is it about this Washington job that made it not be filled? You would think people would be lining up to take that job. Yeah, I, if it was number one overall, I think they would. I think the Caleb Williams thing. I think like the Drake May and and um Jane and Jane uh, Daniel. It's like okay, listen, this happens every year. There's one, and then there's two. there's one that you know is going to be good or think, and then we don't know if Drake May is going to be good. We have no idea if he's going to be good. Okay? A lot of the time, the third QB is the best one. The only reason Jane Daniels is here, he won the Heisman. Okay, yep. and so many teams need quarterbacks. Like we yep. saw, like in Arizona State, he couldn't throw the football. And then he yeah. went with he went with Brian Kelly, and then right. he was able to throw the football at LSU. Yeah. Like all he did was he threw the ball fifty five times. He was a good runner of the football. He's big. I get it. Yep. I don't know if it's more about the number two overall pick not meaning as much because there is no clear cut quarterback that is going to be a home run. And I don't know if that's true. Like that is the bargaining chip. I think the salary cap is more of a bargaining chip. Right. They might want it in the way you want. But who wants like think of it this way like. I think the players, like, I don't know, like, let me ask you this. And I don't, this is dumb. I don't know if this is true or not. Is the added pressure of being in the NFC East something that would, like, Dave Canales, like, well, you know what? I'm going in the NFC South, baby. Like, right. I can, I can, I can work with Bryce Young. Okay, he'll get better and better, obviously. It, he's made look worse because of what CJ Stroud has done. But yeah. the NFC South is the least talented division in football. So yeah. maybe the AFC South okay. is, but the maybe South, yeah, the two South divisions are the, are at so the it's bottom. Like, do you want to play the Eagles and the Cowboys? Twice a year. A lot East of media year. pressure being on the East Coast like that. You're 100 percent right. That well, and I was now that Dan Snyder's gone, people's expectations are through the roof. They're like, oh, Dan Snyder's gone. Now everything's gonna be incredible. So yeah, I, I think that could be a lot. And the one thing that Adam Schefter reported that this the asking price for Ben Johnson maybe scared some owners off. But at the end of the day, Washington is desperate here. Like, would you rather pay 15 million dollars for Ben Johnson or hire Dan Quinn? Like right. You know, what's going to be more fruitful down the line when you fire Dan Quinn after two years and you got to pay another coach while you're still paying him? Like, you're going to pay that money anyway. So, again, I just right. think it's absolutely insane here that they didn't pay what it took to get Ben Johnson away from Detroit. But like my co-host has said here recently, just absolutely clairvoyant sometimes from Alex. Clairvoyant Clancy is, is a new nickname here. Yeah. Alex has been talking about it. Are we going to start seeing coordinators around the NFL stay and just get a raise and not move on to head coaching opportunities that could be risky? I think we might be seeing that play out. I'm going to let Alex talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. But first. This episode of Locked on NFL Thursday is brought to you by our friends at Price Picks. Price Picks is badass, if I can say that. That's not in the, in the script. That's not in the copy that we have to read. But it's I think it true. really packs a punch. <laughs> I really think it does. Price picks is awesome. Okay. Like if you don't know how price picks works, you pick two or more 
then, you know, pick two more players and then just pick more or less in their projected stats. You string them together, you win some money. Okay. Deposits are super fast. Withdrawals are almost instant at times. Like it's the wildest thing where it's like, man, how long is it going to take? Like I win something. How long is it going to take for me to withdraw like that? Which, which make, which is a complete game changer. If you want to go into the specials tab, you can do combined projections, NBA, NFL, more or less. It's it, they make it so easy to enjoy their platform that you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not downloading the app right now or go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 buckarinas. Locked on NFL Thursday, Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals, Tyler Rowland, Locked on Titans. Thank you for making Locked on NFL your first listen free wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we pivot into this topic, because it's fascinating. And listen, I say some smart things once a month. I think it's once a month. You know, I, I, a, lot of co- a lot of stuff comes out of my big dumb face every month. I, I, I give myself one. And let me ask you, Tyler, just quickly here. Do you think that Ben Johnson, Put a number like that that he would require for his services because he knew nobody would take it. And because if somebody did take it, it'd be like, I just won the lottery. Awesome. Or was it really like, you know what? I'm the best out here. If you want to pay it, you pay it. Otherwise, I'm good staying where I'm at. I think it's a combination of the two. I think it's, hey, I'm only going to leave this incredible situation that I'm in if you probably pay me more than what you want to. You know, like I'm only going to go if you overpay me. And that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where Ben Johnson has the talent in Detroit and has a situation where he's probably going to be just as hot of a candidate next year. People are going to be lining up to court him next year as well. And you know what? If you don't think I'm worth it, then I'm going to go back. I'm going to show you again. And then next year, when your head coach is sucking, I am going to go to someone who does understand how much I'm worth. I think it's a combination of understanding that you don't want to go to a bad situation unless it's financially worth it for you and also being perfectly okay with going back to the situation that you're already in. So I think it's both of those things. And like you have been saying, you know, we see with Bobby Slowick, maybe Bobby Slowick wasn't the hot candidate that Ben Johnson was. There were a lot of people saying Slowick wasn't quite ready and maybe his interviews weren't quite as polished as you want. And, And that's all right. But he's going to go back now, stay with C.J. Stroud, who's going to make him look great again. And next year, he'll probably get teams more interested in him and probably get more lucrative deals to be their head coach. I definitely think it could be a situation where people are like, hey, Bobby, we'll hire you as our head coach, but you're going to be one of the lowest paid head coaches in the NFL. We're not paying a lot for that. And he's like, why would I do that? I'd rather get paid the same amount to go back. And that goes back to your point of we are to a place where these coordinators are so important that I think we're going to start to see them paid a lot more. And that's something that you've been on for weeks now. Well, I mean, the interest, it's like, you know, I worked in the restaurant business for 20 years. Okay. It funded my lack of making money in the radio business for over a decade. Um, not all great servers or bartenders make great managers. Mm-hmm. Not all managers make great general managers and not great. Uh, not all general managers make Drake, make great district managers, right? Keep people where they're good and let them thrive. And you pay them in an effort to allow them to stay and thrive for you. 
And especially with guys like DeMar, uh, D'Amico Ryan's a different case because he's not Dan Campbell. Okay, he's been a defensive coordinator. Like D'Amico Ryan's is, he's he will always be the apple of my eye for the Arizona Cardinals. Right, right, right. Um, but I feel like having a unified front and paying coordinators what they deserve, especially with CEO head coaches like Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell's completely transformed that organization. So that's not a slight on him at all. Okay, he's perfect, and you need guys like Ben Johnson to just do things for you that you aren't, that are outside, you know, of your purview. And I feel like this is, if this is the trend, you're going to see such a better product on the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mostly offensively. I think it's like 65, 35 offensively, because if you lose your entire offensive scheme, it takes half a year to really play through the new one defense. A lot of it's more instinctual and trust with the players that you have. So if you bring back the same roster on defense, you have a little bit of a different scheme, a little base, a little different base, uh, base scheme. You can adapt a little bit more quickly, but with offense, especially with offense being, you know, the bell of the ball here, even though we kind of shifted a little this year, it's like, Keep your offensive coordinators close. I'm talking about that with Drew Petsing with Arizona. I know they didn't win many games this year. I know that it's a little bit further pacing. You have to think about the future with these things. And if yeah. Drew Petsing is going to be up, you know, next year for maybe he'll get head coach. If the Cardinals win eight games next year, nine games, and the offense yeah. thrives, he'll get head coaching. Up. You pay him eight mil a year and you keep him the hell at home. Yeah. And I think if you pay him like that, guys are more apt to stay. I don't think that everybody needs to be a head coach. I think the pay bump is massive from coordinator to head coach, the obviously the control, drafting, things like that. But I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth it for a lot of guys who are going to fail anyways and then become coordinators again. Well, I think that there's another trend in the NFL that kind of goes hand in hand with this, and it's the leader of men trend. Hmm. People see Dan Campbell. They see John Harbaugh, and they are looking at – teams are looking around like, hey – Rather than going with the hot offensive coordinator, rather than going with the hot defensive play caller, why don't we go with a guy who's a CEO, leader of men type, like Dan Campbell? And the thing is, if you're going to have that coach, and I'm someone, you just talked about Arizona, I cover the Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. People mistake Mike Vrabel for a defensive coordinator. He is not that. He is a leader of men, CEO. He's not a play caller. He's not a scheme guy. And we saw Mike Vrabel crater once he lost Arthur Smith. And he lost Dean Pease because it is so, so important when you have that leader of men, CEO type coach to have gifted schematic coordinators. And that's why John Harbaugh does so well. And that's why I think Mike Tomlin has faltered in terms of having teams that can actually compete because he has not prioritized hiring outside talent from outside his building that are maybe more talented than they are loyal to him and his guys. You know what I mean? So if there is going to be a trend in the NFL now, where teams want more of a CEO leader type than the hot shot offensive play caller like we've seen from years before, then that makes the the having that coordinator and having that continuity even more important. Because let's be honest here. Who is Dan Campbell if Ben Johnson isn't running that offense? Dan Campbell is an offensive coach. He was a tight end. He's coached offense his whole time. But he's not a play caller or a schematic guru like Ben Johnson is. So I think if teams are going to prioritize that leader type of coach that is just a manager of everything, then that increases the prioritization of hot shot play callers. And in turn, those guys are going to have to be paid more if you're going to go with a non-schematic gifted head coach. So I think multiple trends are kind of playing out in front of us here and it all kinds of work kind of works together, but yeah, agreed. And, and I like it. And, but I think the one 
prerequisite for the CEO. And that's not a, a slight. Like for anybody who thinks like that's right. oh CEO, oh, that means he doesn't know ball. No, 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 no. It's you know much harder hard it to manage to people than it is to call football plays. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. You know how hard it is to lead 90 men between the ages They'll of 21 all get paid millions of dollars and think they're the best ever. Yeah. Like, that's right. so, so – And the coaches, too. Head coaches are the managers of the assistant coaches. And right. that that's why, is another political game. Right. And that's why I've always thought it was insane that head coaches would be calling plays. Like, you know, like you just never, like with Sean McVay I, and, Kevin, and Kyle Shannon, like they did it and it worked. I get it. Some yeah, people can just right. do it. Not everybody's cut off for that. Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona had no business calling plays, or he should have been an offensive coordinator, one or the other. And it's something like, it's not bad being a head coach and scheme, like calling plays. It's like, it's just, it, it's Looney Tunes a lot of times. It's insane now, but the one prerequisite, I think we both agree, has to be a former NFL player to be a leader of men. Well, right? I don't know. John Harbaugh is like the best one in the entire NFL. John Harbaugh almost got fired NFL. before they won the Super Bowl. John Harbaugh I, almost got fired before Lamar Jackson went nutty balls a couple years ago. Okay? Because John Harbaugh is adjust. one bad year away from getting fired. Hmm. He's been – he's one – like, dude, listen. But he's I, an outlier. He's an outlier. Generally, I understand what you're saying. To have that command and to be that type of leader and to have that sort of hold on the locker room, it typically takes a former NFL player who can look the player in the eyes and say, I've been where you are. I well, I understand how you're saying that that is a very right. important prerequisite. But as we know in the NFL, there is no blanket statement that works. There's no. always an outlier to everything in life. Well, but I generally at, understand what you're saying. Yes. Look at Antonio Pierce. Perfect example. That's he was respected on the field yep. in college, in the NFL, and yep. now he's immediately. It doesn't matter. Go get coordinators. And he, he, I mean, he can call some plays, but it's right. like, go get coordinators. And I, yes. I call it being the president with the cabinet. That's why I said with yes. Jonathan Gannon. It's yep. kind of like that, where it's like the cabinet really is the driving force and the president's the face. Yeah. But it's like, that's, it's a lot tougher to be president than cabinet member. Congress is so, more important in America than the president in terms of actual change. So that's another example there in real life where that absolute, the president is important and is the figurehead of things like the coaches, but you can't get anything done without the two houses. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. All right. So, well, listen. locked on politics. We'll save that for uh, for another day. But with that being said, uh, that is going to do it for a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, here with my co-host Alex Clancy. As I tell you guys every week, start your weekend early. Stay safe out there. 